You like that? Yeah. This is Music Biz 101 and more. I'm your professor, David Kirk Filth, your professor, David Kirk Filth. Woo! I pulled way away from the microphone for that. I'm your professor. It (laughs) still still hurt the feelings, hurt the ears, hurt the hypertension. Your professor, David Kirk Filth, Brave New Radio, 88.7 WPSC. Music Biz 101 and more. On my right, your left, we have Dr. Esteban. Yes, we do. Yes, we have Dr. Esteban, okay. and uh, it's great to have you here. Yes, once again. I, uh, good to see you. People think that we're uh, joined at the hip, and we really don't see each other for more than five minutes a week. No, outside of this show, no. we are we are actually uh, joined by the. I can't think of anything funny. That happened, good. Second time today, it's happened to me. Every other time today, everything I've said is hysterical. This time, I just. Nothing came in. I'm still looking for a co-host. That's right. So it's been four years now. I know. Um, How's you, your dog? My dog, Elliot, is doing well. Elliot? Elliot. He's a girl from Indiana, so he's uh-huh. a Mike Pence voter. Mm-hmm. And, um, red, <laughs> a red state dog. Yeah, he's a red state it? dog in a, in a blue state. Uh, God, did blue you get a deal governor. on it? Uh, no. We flew him in from taxes Indiana. taxes on that. You watch. Yeah, we're gonna our new tax plan. We're gonna pay ta- right. a doggy tax. That's right. Where the actual, if you own a dog, the dog will pay dog? taxes. Four legged dog. Yeah. Okay. And a tail. Okay. So that there's a tail tax too. Mm. Hey, speaking of tax, we have uh, an attack of our good friend Ashley Welter, who is our engineer for the night. Ashley Welter, yeah. making it happen. And then, of course, we also had our student co-host of the night. Her name is Jade Brunton. Let's say hi to Jade Brunton. Hi, Jade Brunton. Yeah. We were in stereo for a minute. So good to have you here, Jade. Jade, what is your major here at William Patterson University Way, New Jersey? Um, I'm a public relations major and a music management minor. And a music management minor. Mm-hmm. Is it really Can a music management here? minor, Dr. Esteban? Or is Not it, anymore. What's it called now, Dr. Oh, yeah. Esteban? It's called Music and Entertainment Industries Minor. That's oh. right. So, so let, let's yes. rephrase the question, Jade. What do you do here at William Patterson University? Uh, I'm a public relations major and a music and entertainment minor. Industries no, minor. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Actually, you're not. you're not a freshman, are you? No. So she oh, is a music yeah. management so. minor. Don't you dare. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jade. I'm uh, Jade. Okay, so um, meanwhile, we have a guest who is with us, who is on my right, your left, and our other side in between of everybody. His name is Jay Van Dyke. You may call him Jason Van Dyke. Jay Van Dyke, Jason Van Dyke. Thank you. Right. And we're assuming that it's no relation, as we were talking about last week. The no, whole comedy bit was going to be no, about the relation. The relationship, the relation to the ice cream 
maker oh. in Ridgewood? No. Oh. Unfortunately. That would be God. nice. They don't have an E at the end. Yes, that's right. They don't. Yeah. But you know who does have an E at the end of me? Van Dyke. Well, Marconi. <laughs> yes. Marcone. And, of course, Dick Van Dyke. That's true. Who is your father. And uh, Mary Tyler Moore was right. your television mother. That's right. As that's well, right. and she recently passed away. I wish. My apologies to you. <laughs> and um, that must have been sad. I got the flowers. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> yes, I hope you got all four of them. I send flowers in packs of four. We should buy, by the way, thank Rob Fusari. This is his song in the back. Have you ever heard of Rob Fusari? I have heard of Rob Fusari. Rob Fusari, this is his song. He has supported our program. He, coincidentally, was in a huge lawsuit with, um, we'll get into that in a minute, with uh, Lady Gaga. That's right. And that was also settled, Um, not amicably, but it was settled as well. Um, So that was Rob's song. We thank Rob for his song and for supporting our program. He is the king of the world. Thanks to the folks at Van Dyne Bruno Inc. and White Hat Management with artists like Charlie Puff, Dave Matthews, and Kith. There's only one place to go for your band's business management. Go to VB. She doesn't have a hyphen. CPA.com. When is best for you? And we should let you know that um, our good friend Jay Van Dyke, son of Dick, is uh, uses uses I was uh, Aaron Van Dyne as his personal CPA man. That's right. Okay. That's right. And he had you because Van Dyke Van Dyne. Yeah. Right. They had no other options. Yeah, it was the only option yeah. available Dutch. to you. Yes, the Dutch stick together. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> We do. <laughs> the Dutch stick together. That is true. Yes. That is that has been a true statement for many years. We should also remind you, Jay, that managing your band sixth edition is available to people like you, which mm-hmm. will keep you out of trouble, keep you off the streets, mm-hmm. keep you on behind that drum set instead of out front doing That's whatever right. it is that you're doing That's out right. front with these bands. That would be nice. I know. So get behind <clears throat> the set, start slapping those skins with those sticks, my friend. And it's available at Amazon and, and Backwing Bookstore and Barnes and & Noble. And you can also get it on Kindle. Correct, Dr. Esteban? Correct, Dr. Esteban. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, we should hand all of this over to Dr. Esteban Marconi, who will begin the third year. Now, oh, time out. So your pal, Henry Prohl, we haven't talked about head cheerleader, right. is going to call in. Did he call in? He didn't. I can he tell him not. to. Yeah, now would be a good time because... Because yeah, the show is started. <laughs> We're on the air, so right. why the heck not? Pardon right, my Frances, right, right. Ashley Veltner. Right. So there we go. Uh, so, Dr. Stabon, I'm sure you have questions for Jason Dyke. Well, Dyke. I think we, you know, this is a little maybe different format because he's in the room and we know actually that uh, if anybody has been following this in the music business, there had been a suit with his former band, the Luminaires, out of Bergen County. Uh, Ramsey, I believe, mm-hmm. and uh, consequently it was settled out of court, and um, actually one of our faculty members was his, was uh, who represented him in this case, uh, Carl Guthrie, and um, we know that it had been a case that had some merit, and well, Carl wouldn't have taken it on, and he certainly didn't tell us any of the particulars about the case. But why don't you just uh, sort of briefly tell us the sort of the complexity of it? Because you didn't just sue for copyright or you didn't just sue for, you know, back payment of funds or whatever. But it was a little more complicated, as I think it'll be good for the DIY musicians to understand when they start a band. It's not just who writes the tunes and who plays the tunes. And that's it. Uh, There are a lot of complications that go 
with uh, as soon as you start getting a check from somebody and you both sort of are, right. are, are um, sharing the revenue of something. Well, I think the thing that we probably did and what most people do is is you don't really you don't really think about where things are going to go down the road and you don't have you don't have like a clear um you don't have a clear vision of of all of the things that you need to do to make sure that everybody in the band is going to be protected mm -hmm. um i know one of the things that we didn't really do a good job of is like writing a band agreement and coming up with that in a really clear manner mm -hmm. we had you know some emails and some things that we talked about to to make sure that everybody felt like they were on the same page but you know years later because we didn't actually sit down and sign that everyone had some disagreements about what those emails actually meant and what the language in those emails meant mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you how did you get sort of started with the with, with the, the whole legal action oh um, the, we had kind of been in and out of touch for years. I mean, I, I they moved from Ramsey to Colorado. Mm -hmm. Um, I did not. And, uh, you know, I, I would see them every once in a while when they would come back East. I played, um, actually after they moved, I played a show when they came back. Um, and, uh, we played like in all their, all their tunes that you hear them playing now. Mm -hmm. Um, I saw them a couple times in New York, and then actually I had moved to California for a few years, and I saw them a few times in California. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, really what happened is the thing that sort of started this whole thing is is one of the songs that we had been working on before got used in a TV show. Mm -hmm. And then it became very clear that we had to figure out what exactly all of this other stuff meant right um and there was a lot of things that were not that weren't really tied in that or re weren't really like tied up that we probably should have taken care of mm -hmm. a long time ago and when you get to that level it's it's really hard to do that three people who either used to be friends or are friends or whatever on the phone you have to kind of involve other people like carl right now did you have did they have management at yes. the time yeah they are uh represented i I think still by a company called Onto, Onto, mm -hmm. Onto. I don't know how you pronounce it. Mm -hmm. Entertainment. They're in Seattle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they have a whole team. They have lawyers. They have managers. They right. have well, agents. Sure. And I mean, they they, they were doing uh, opening for U2, weren't they? For a, recently, yeah, yeah. Recently. The summer open for U2. Yeah. 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 This whole thing with me happened back in 2000. Started in 2013. Mm -hmm. um, and they weren't quite at that point yet, but they had just the, the whole like uh, Oh Hey song had really just broken. Um, and uh, they were really, I mean, they were on tour constantly. Right, right. Well, that's, you know, Dave, that's, it's interesting because they have, they had no idea that now here it is, the song is used on a TV show, and, and what do you do? You know, it's just something that doesn't even enter, I think, any DIY uh, band would dream of it, but they would never feel that it would <clears throat> occur. Uh, we had a band one time to just take it a step but outside. We had a band one time that was doing uh, pretty well. And uh, I remember what they used to do. They used to go to New York at night and they would take their logo um, strips and they'd put them on the curbs mm. so people would see the band by, you know. So it was somewhat creative. Right. But they finally got a placement of a song and it was in, I forget what movie. 
it was a kitchen scene, and the song was being played on the little kitchen radio. Uh, okay. So you can take it, you know, not the theme of a motion picture and not the lead singing. There it is. You know, you never know what might be used and how, how things might be used. Right. You know, so then now you're um, sort of you split up, and that happens every day. Band members come and band members right. go. There's no nothing different or unique about that. Right. Uh, but it's just the the actual agreement. You were really not prepared for what might happen in this situation if a guy right. just doesn't go out and buys a big restaurant and makes a million dollars and could care less right. what the band is doing. Well, uh, the thing that actually made it even more complicated, I think, is that it was a song that somebody must have dug up from the deep, dark depths of the internet of uh, an EP that we had recorded mm -hmm. in Jer's attic in Ramsey by uh -huh. ourselves uh -huh. um, and was not in any way, I don't think, part of their like current push for any music right. they were using. And it hadn't been remixed and put out on... Nope. It was wow. Just, uh, the, the EP wasn't, as far as I can tell, it wasn't available at that time anymore. I mean, it, it was right. on like... I think it's available on like Pandora, maybe or, right, or something right. like that. It maybe on like Last FM or one of those. But it wasn't on Spotify. It wasn't on it wasn't mm. anywhere. So that was the the copyright issue in right. in the suit. Okay, why don't we talk a little bit about then the the other issues, not the federal issue of copyright, which of course everybody who's taken our courses should know that you cannot file suit unless you have registered the copyright. And you can only file suit now in federal court, right, Professor Phil? Yes, of course that's true. Right. Why would that be a lie? Well, because people get a little mixed up mm. and they don't understand that a copyright is intangible. Mm. And I, you, I can never, even though he's tried, Professor Phil, to show me his copyright <laughs> in various places. <laughs> he can't show me his copyright because it's intangible. Right. But yet he can show me the registration form with the number stamped. Right. And when that happens, that means you are eligible to go to federal court right. to try to, uh, whatever, well, you know, confrontation occurs. The other thing that's interesting about that is when you, if you didn't register and you have to file suit for anything, the cost to expedite your registration for legal purposes is very expensive. Really? It's like very cost prohibitive. Uh. On top of the fact that you probably are already hiring a lawyer and right. you know any number of other fees that you have to pay right you know for, for sure. various things right um, so that's you know it, yeah. a lot of people get I think confused about the copyrights and they you know they think the, the poor man's copyright is gonna work it doesn't and, work anymore I don't I don't think it ever did work did it Carl, <laughs> well, Carl said it never did on our really? show he said it it was yeah, I mean, it was the only thing it could do maybe is give you a date stamp. Yeah, for that's what it was. Was it date yeah, stamp? Yeah, uh, the, the date stamp US is a, is a right. you know, it's a legal stamp. Sure. If you didn't open so it, that. you but still got to file but afterwards. We, we went out of we went from states to a federal law. Right. So then it was no longer um, right valid. So okay, so let's get to the other parts now. Not the uh, copyright issue. Sure. But what were some of the other issues? Um, well, we had, you know, we sort of didn't necessarily agree about what my role was back then. Mm -hmm. um, 
and we kind of at this point in time you you're saying what your role had been back when you were still in the band correct that was like okay. or what you know how um how you know when you when you get into a band how you how you split up a business of a band mm -hmm. you know we didn't necessarily agree about all that stuff i mean some of this stuff i can't really go into all the details about no. it but um no, that was something that we had to talk. We had to figure out. Right. Um, you know, once you get into that thing, the whole business law part, you start to have issues, um, which you guys were talking about before, with like wrongful termination and all those things. Mm -hmm. And then you have to, because once you're partners in a business, everyone has to basically agree, or mm -hmm. you have to dissolve a business to mm -hmm. get rid of somebody. Mm -hmm. um, so that that kind of stuff gets really really tricky in this sense because it's not just a bunch of people getting together in a basement you right. know drinking beers and playing songs right, right. you know someday your band could be a multi-million dollar money maker sure. and it's a lot harder to talk about that stuff when it's worth a million dollars versus when it's worth zero dollars right of course so there was no exit clause and there was no sunset clause and no had it had as a band member not be a band member anymore i'm not no. saying kick you out or, no. or kick one out no or not but there was nothing really determined about that because we were going to be the only thing that was determined forever. is is um i had asked them what they thought my role was and they said in an email what they thought my role was right. and that was basically it we had one email that yeah. but that sort of right Put that out. I mean, it was pretty, you know. They didn't want to write that email again, would they? No, probably not. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. No, good. At least there was something. Yeah, there was something. In writing, because the other th would all have been hearsay. That's, yeah, right. You know, I didn't say that or I didn't mean that. And, right. And so on and so forth. Sure. Yeah. So, how long did the, um, the sort of the lawyers and the litigation go on i mean was it years or four years or so really yeah everything four was years. that slowly yeah i mean you you know there's a lot of waiting for um you know your lawyer to get all the paperwork together then they have to they have to go and and meet with the judge or at least um um, I forget what they call it, magistrate. Immediate, oh, okay, right. magistrate. Um, and then they, they have check-ins at times, and you have to do document discovery, which takes forever. And then once you get all of the documents, then somebody has to go through all of them. Mm -hmm. um, and nobody really wants to do that. Then you have to figure out your financial stuff, and mm -hmm. nobody wants to go through that stuff. So it takes a really long time. And then on top of that, probably whoever your whoever is representing you is also dealing with other clients yeah. so you know they may have a couple of weeks or months here and there where they're like i can't i can't work on this right now I, right you know this has to be on hold yeah. for a minute people always say discovery takes so long it's like a it's a, not a layman term you know right uh but it's it's gathering all the information you could possibly get yeah pertaining to this right case and whatever right. And it has to all be gathered, and there's a timetable. But I know of people that just ignore the timetable, or they can come up with an excuse if the judge asks why. Right. You know this and yeah. And I mean that, that happened. So that happened in this. There were times where like things had to be put pushed back for either for our reasons or for their reasons. You know, mm -hmm. 
people there were things missing and we had to wait for them and they had to wait for them and, right and then you you know three months later all of a sudden somebody's like oh i found you know 30 new emails or right. a folder that was in the corner of my basement somewhere and yeah, yeah. Now, now I need to send that in, and you need to go through it. And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. sounds like something that's going on right now in our government. Hmm. Sure, <laughs> of course. Jay Van Dyke was there continues. any? <laughs> was there any uh, point where you was going to say, "I oh, screw it"? Uh, I mean, it's not... it's. Um, I don't know that I was ever at that point because the other thing is that once you, you know, once you hire attorneys, um, a lot of times. Either, you know, you have the option to either pay them an hourly rate or they sort of take sometimes a percentage of right. whatever right. you would get out of it. But a lot of times that agreement says, okay, if I'm supposed to get a percentage, but you end the lawsuit early, not because I said we should end it, because you said we should end it, mm. then you owe me all of my hourly rate for the past four years. Wow. Which could be, yeah, you know, a lot of money that right. you don't really have. Right. But the, right. but the lawyer's Except taking a risk hard. there because if you don't win, that's true. the lawyer knows he's not going to get anything. That's true. So so going back to what your original thing was, he takes the case because he really believes he or she can win the case. I think Carl is kind of an interesting guy in that. I mean, I'm sure that he does that. But he also, the way I remember him from my class, one of the reasons why I called him is because I think one of the things he does is he is always kind of thinking about the person who's on the losing end of something. Mm. He's... He, a lot of the cases, at least he has told me, you know, snippets about or, or, or things that he could tell me about. It seems like he's always trying to, like, help the little guy a little mm -hmm. bit more than maybe somebody else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that, that I have to commend him. You know, I was sort of a nobody calling him out of nowhere, and, and he was willing to help me out, right. which was cool. Do we have someone on the line? We should mention are that there is somebody to, who, we who called, and it's not your father, Dick. It's not my father, Dick. It is your friend, <laughs> Henry Prohl. Henry Prohl is on the line. Henry, yeah. everybody. Woo! Henry. Hello. Hey, Henry, how are you? Me? Yes. Yes, we can. Hello. Can you hear us? Yes. <laughs> how do we sound? Do we sound professional? I don't know. Friend is a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Henry is your cohort your pal your right. your tonto yeah uh, unless he's you're the tonto and he's the lone ranger but he's the other half we haven't figured that out yet. Yeah, we're still, still working it out with lawyers that'll come out to the agreement? agreement you know which one is <laughs> tonto right. which, <laughs> who's batman and who's the ward you need right. an agreement on that yeah. yes yeah there's, there's probably some emails that maybe we'll <laughs> <I bet. laughs> but we wanted to bring henry in just because uh you're current band is is head cheerleader right and it, it's you and henry and you guys right. have worked together for years going back to you had mentioned copacetic yeah i mean it's going back for a while henry and i basically like learned how to play music together mm -hmm. we've been playing mm -hmm. together since we were in middle school oh really okay yeah. Yeah. then they they don't need a band agreement i <laughs> <laughs> won't need one for this never <laughs> they'll be together forever perfect example go ahead yeah carry on yeah so i mean we've been we've been playing together forever and um you know, we had another band. Um, well, we had many bands. We've played in other people's bands together. <laughs> Currently, we also play as, like, the rhythm section in another band in Jersey called One and Nine. So we've, like, we're all over the place. But it seems that we always sort of end up playing in bands together somehow. <laughs> <clears throat> it was meant to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Must be. 
<laughs> Henry, have you been listening? What do you think? I mean, you've probably heard some of these stories about Jace, Jay and his, and his suit and all that kind of stuff many times, and you're usually when you're listening, thinking of, probably thinking about donuts or something, right? <laughs> uh, all I can say is no comment. So what kind of music do you guys do? You want to talk about it, Henry? Uh, sure, yeah. We're right now, um, well, Jay and I have kind of gone down many paths over the years. And uh, with this uh, most recent uh, group of, of friends, we uh, were kind of uh, looking back to more of a, almost a 70s rock and roll, kind of Americana vibe a little bit. I mean, that's... Um, I don't know if it was ever a deliberate choice to sort of do that, but um, it's been music that I kind of grew up with that was in my house. And um, I, I just, I feel like a lot of music that, uh, you know, I hear on the radio these days, it just to me is a little robotic sometimes. And that not that I'm sort of, I wouldn't say that I'm actively, you know, uh, this is some sort of protest against that. It's just more, I, I guess at some point I realized I, I, that was what I was writing a lot of and wanted to write and, um, and was just sort of uh, following my nose on that a little bit, you know. Uh, I want, I, I've always really been attracted to the idea of playing with a big band with lots of musicians, you know, almost like the band uh, with like a <laughs> organ player, keyboard, you know, piano player, lots of guitars, lots of people on stage, you know, making a big, making a big ruckus on stage, you know. Um, and, you know, Jay mentioned a band that we play with, uh, the One and Nine, and we actually even play weddings with them sometimes. And uh, I actually played bass in that band. And, it's just so much fun to really, you know, look out in the audience and, and you, you just like have horns and all this kind of thing going on. And it's, you know, you're really just kind of creating this wall of sound. And, um, yeah, that's something that I've, I've, I've wanted to contextualize my original songs kind of in that way, uh, for a long time. So, so yeah, that's kind of what we've been up to. And, it's, we have a good time on stage. Try not to take ourselves too seriously. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Now, you're the, you're the main writer, or do you write together? Uh, we write together. Yeah. Um, I've been uh, usually the kind of initial, you know, bud of the song will come out of me and my guitar or a piano or something like that. And then Jay and I will often, uh, you know, uh, kind of jam on it a little bit in our in our uh, music studio mm -hmm. and flesh it out. Jay has always been, for many years, has been uh, something of a sounding board and a collaborator for me, helped me kind of arrange things and put them where they should go. So we've been doing that together for a long, long time. All right, we have a tweet for you, for, for both of you, that relates to kind of what you were just talking about. From This is from Jade. 
our student co-host, who's just simply a really good person. <laughs> um, this is from John Kaplan. He wants to know, is it difficult as a band that uses traditional rock instruments to make it in a climate that's so electronically driven? Mm. Yeah, well, uh, I think about that a lot, really, actually, because I actually really enjoy uh, very electronic music. Um, uh you know, I realized that what I just said before regarding uh, writing a sort of throwback Americana can be seen a little bit as like, you know, sort of walling yourself off to a lot of current trends. And that's something that I think about actually a lot when I'm writing um, and what I'm interested in and what I'm influenced by. Um, but I, But I actually... I don't know. I think maybe it's as I get older. <laughs> uh, I I think that you just really have to, like I said before, follow your nose. I really think that you have to just go with what you're feeling at that particular moment. I think that, you know, I, I've dabbled in songwriting like that before. And uh, I just, yeah, what this last, current batch of tunes that Jay and I have have been working on just happen to work well in the context of of that kind of uh, songwriting and that kind of instrumentation. So I don't know. It's funny as an artist, I think you you start writing songs that you're like, oh yeah, I could see this working with what we're doing, you know, or I'm actually literally sometimes thinking of oh, this would be great when the organ player is doing this, you know, like, so there are those kinds of moments. Um, but yeah, hey, you know, so I'm I, I'm a huge James Blake fan. I'm a huge radio fan. Sometimes I, a Radiohead fan. Sometimes I wish that I, I could find a way to write, you know, some sort of really kind of out there, heady, <laughs> uh, headphone kind of uh, electronic minimalist, record uh you know so i don't know stay tuned maybe we'll do that next yeah, time we'll it seems like every time we <laughs> we make a record it's a completely different style of music <laughs> and we could we should tell people go to weareheadcheerleader.com and you can actually listen to their latest which is uh, yeah. an ep for called broad daylight and it's really good I mean, it's very good. It's not just good because you're sitting next to me. I've I've listened to it. I've gone, this is actually really good. And I told my brother, you got to listen to this. It's actually really good. And I say, actually, because I would just assume you, I would assume you guys suck. Right. But then, um, no, it's it's, it's actually good. You don't suck. You know, um, we we worked on this with a friend of ours who um, sort of runs SST Studios in Weehawken. Mm hmm. Um, what SST is mainly known for, like as like a rental studio, they mm-hmm. they send like bands out on tour. They do like the bigger shows in Manhattan. They send all the instruments. They also have a really big giant room for rehearsals, so you can set up your lights and your sound people. So like you know, pretty big name people come through there to do mm-hmm. the rehearsals. But this guy who we went to college with is like the manager there. Mm-hmm. So he you know he was setting up the studio to actually be able to record. Um, and he's actually a large part of the sound in this too. He he was sort of the engineer and producer on a lot of the tracks. He played on a lot of the tracks. He put a lot of like, like a lot of guitars and and keyboards and vocals and things like that. Um, so he's he was a big piece that made this all come together as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you're a fan of you mentioned, I think Henry, like maybe it's '70s rock, 
meets Ryan Adams meets, uh, you know, a lot of like, I just, I, I go, I'd go to Spotify playlists and I just play lots of like alt right. Americana stuff or whatever. Sure. Yeah. And, and, and it's got that, that feel, you know, it, it's not yeah. teeny bopper music. Right. It's, uh, but it's got depth to it. The, the sound is very good too. Oh, cool. thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Mm. And I mean, uh, like you said, it's something that I'm always a little bit, I don't know, like fearful of that. I, I'm always a little um, skeptical myself of music that I that I sometimes hear uh, that comes out now in 2017 and sounds like, you know, throwback or it sounds too much uh, in that vein, right? So, I yeah, I think there is a way that, Hopefully you can, but uh, l let me say this. I think that you should write that if that's what's inside you. I think at the end of the day, that's what you have to do. Mm. You have to, if, if I want to write a rock, you know, a rock song that sounds like it maybe came from the seventies, you should do that. Right. You mm. know, and, and you should explore that as a creative person. And, you know, I, I don't think you should worry about all those, kind of outside thoughts, all those external things that keep you from doing the thing that you hear inside yourself. I think well, at the end of the day, that's what I, that's, right. what I, that's where I come down on that. Mm -hmm. I mean, even, I mean, we were just talking about them, right? The Lumineers, they are a folk Americana rock sure. band, right? And they play acoustic instruments and sing, and their sets are very, very minimal, and they sell out huge venues. So, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, I don't know that being a rock band that plays traditional instruments makes a difference. I think it's just a matter of, I mean, I think the, just playing in a band these days is hard. It's hard to find places to play. It's hard to get people to come to shows. Um, yeah. It's, it, it, se it seems to me that that piece is harder to do than maybe it used to be when we were in college. Mm -hmm. Maybe yeah. it's our community. Maybe, I don't know, it just seems... It seems like everybody kind of has that issue. No matter where you go, it seems it seems hard to just be a band, no yeah. matter what kind of music you play. Right. And you have a pretty big band, and we have another tweet based about, about the how, when you play. Oh, okay. So our very own Ashley tweeted in. Hey, girl. <laughs> uh, she said, head cheerleader has a revolving guest list of members. How does this work, and what are the advantages? Yeah, so um, we, over the years... Uh, have been in this like Jersey City, Hoboken, Montclair music scene, and we've met I don't know hundreds of musicians, and we've become friends and and played shows with each other, played in each other's. As I was saying before, Henry and I play in like other bands. We've played in other people's bands. Um, our friends ask us to play in bands. I think that you know it's it's actually been not too bad for us to do this because. We have a really big community of people who we can call them the week before every show and say, hey, you want to come to rehearsal and come up on stage and, and play with us? Um, orchestrating, you know, a three guitar players, a, uh, a, an organist who lives in Brooklyn and um, a married couple duo who helps sing and um, four of the members of the band who all have toddlers and, and all those things definitely makes it a little tricky 
just to find a day mm. and, but usually people are have been very willing to like come and and uh play whenever mm -hmm. but i think that's a big part of it is our community is huge we've you know we all uh support each other and we all go to each other's shows and we try to do what we can to help the other bands that we know that's important yeah Support. absolutely and i would just add to that also that um uh yeah we are lucky to you know as jay mentioned we we play with a lot of other bands we play with a lot of other musicians and we've been doing this uh in the same community for long enough to have kind of a little bit of a roster of people to go to if we need and uh, I, I would say that it's actually a strength. Uh, you know, I, I, I view it as a positive thing in the sense that, um, you know, sometimes it's like, hey, we got a show. Can you do it? And then we have a couple rehearsals with the person and, uh, you know, you send them the sheets and they're, they are a competent enough musician that they're going to do their thing. And, and I actually enjoy a little bit of the unknown. I, I think that people sort of um, people kind of like shy away from, oh, is every note, are we going to hit every note at our gig? Are we going to do this? Are we going to do that? Um, I think it's a good thing, actually, to be on stage and not know what's going to happen. Mm. I think that uh, it's, it's a good thing, actually, to be a little rough around the edges mm -hmm. um, and to, to sort of, uh, you know, enjoy that a little bit. And I think your audience, uh, appreciates it as well. Yeah, that takes confidence too, yeah. as a musician. Right. You know, just like a a jazz player has no idea what's going to come out of that horn. Right. Once they play the head. Right. And that takes That's a right. lot and, of confidence and... to do that with an entire band. You know, like the Grateful Dead would go two hours on one riff. Right. And there you go. Could never rehearse that. That's right. just what happens. Right. And, and it, a lot of times, you know, with jazz bands, for example, you know, you call the Oh, we need a horn player tonight. Oh my goodness, can you do this gig last minute? You know, you call yeah. somebody, uh, you know, 15 minutes before the gig. All right, here's here's what we're going to do, and you can just play with right. them. Right. And that's kind of how I feel a little bit, uh, to some extent, about some of the musicians that we know. It's like, yeah, yeah. You know, as long as they have a a familiar familiarity with the tunes, um, you know, I I'm happy. I'm like, right. let's go. Right. Let's do what you do. You know what to do. Right. You know? Yeah. Now, <laughs> now, how many clubs in uh, in Jersey can you play all original material? Do you have to play covers in, just about every night? In New Jersey in general? Yeah. I mean, we we don't play any covers mm -hmm. as this band. Um we every show we played although we you know we do a lot of we play a lot in jersey city that's kind of like our home base a little bit mm -hmm. um we've done a lot of jersey city has a really good community of like outdoor festival type things and um mm -hmm. there's a couple of people that put on really good shows and try to promote original music so right. you know being that we're part of that community it makes it a little easier um i think actually like most of the clubs in jersey seem like they, you know, most of them don't seem to really care what you play, as right. far as I can tell, whenever <laughs> I've played, um, unless you're hired as, like, a party band, in which case then... Yeah, you I was thinking Down the covers. Shore, for instance. Sure. You know, where you're, sure. you're just, you sure. have to do covers. Oh, sure. <laughs> you have sure. to do covers. Yeah, uh, right, down there know, you'd probably have to do party. that stuff. 
But it has that, yeah, obviously that party atmosphere. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, this band, we I'm, actually, we don't, as a band, we don't know any covers. Like, we mm -hmm. don't do any covers of other people's music. Mm -hmm. At least at this point. Um, that's not to say we wouldn't do that, but, um, you know, right now in this past We're considering year, a uh, Lumineers cover, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you make it your own. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> this is sort of like that would be irony. That would be. If you make it your own. Right. Next question. Moving on, moving on. A, a note, by the way, did you have something funny no, to say? No, not okay. really. Definitely um, not funny. At least. I, I just have a note for uh, students of English out there. If I'm talking about how are you feeling apart from everyone else, apart is one word. Mm -hmm. However, if I'm saying, um, Jay, talk about... Um, let me let me use this sentence. The, the reason I'm bringing this up is everybody in America thinks apart is always one word. What don't you don't have to answer this question. It's not smart. What is one tip for success on the charts that you have learned from being a part of the Lumineers? A part of the Lumineers. That would be two words. Yes. Right. <laughs> this person thinks it's one. Three people have Maybe sent us. Maybe they're trying to save characters, though. It is Twitter. Is that Trump? It. it, 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 it um, Twitter actually, they're expanding to know, 288, it's, 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 so there's no more need to right. deal with the that economy. So right. we don't need that tax break. But um, <laughs> a, a part, by the way, in a lot of cases, is two words. So I just want it's like the word like a lot is right. two words. I like you a lot. Right. right. That's two words. High school is two words too. Yeah, that. that's right. And I always want to type it as one word. And, and library has an R after the. So is carry on. <laughs> okay, that's his way of saying wow, stop. Keep going. I know. Look at so we had uh, Carl Guthrie wrote in, cool. and uh, we we told him you were going to be on the show, and he said you, you still owe money? him three point two million dollars. Was oh, okay. the first you thing. Money. Tell um, him the checks in the mail. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> He's never heard that before. <laughs> two two words. <laughs> In the mail. Yeah, it's two words. Right. So um, he said, ask Jay about the other instruments he has performed on, including keyboards and unique special effects instruments, and how would he switch from one instrument to another during live performances? Well, uh, at least in, in Head Cheerleader, mainly I'm a drummer. In past iterations of the bands that Henry and I have been in, in Copacetic, that, that band actually took a couple of different forms too, but the the last version of it was um, a, where I played a cajon mostly. I sat on a cajon mm -hmm. and I had sort of a little drum set up um, but sometimes there were a couple of songs where I was playing on a keyboard um, in the Lumineers sometimes I would play piano. Um, I did a lot of background vocals. There was actually one single gig I played with them where we it was probably the only time we ever played this one song where I played bass um, I don't even know if Henry knows that. I played bass on that one show. Um, the whole show? What? No, just for one song. With okay. me? <clears throat> no, with uh, Wes and Jer. Oh, okay. I played <laughs> one song on bass guitar in my entire career as a musician. What was it? Do you remember? Uh, I don't remember. I just remember playing bass and uh -huh. <laughs> realizing I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> um, but I, I do play a lot of other things. I actually studied in my undergrad, I studied classical percussion. So, hmm. um, you know, I played marimba, vibraphone, timpani. Um, mm -hmm. I did a lot of hand drumming back then, too. Um, Rutgers had a really big uh, African dancing and drumming ensemble, which I performed in. Mm -hmm. um, and 
I met my wife because I had a job at Rutgers as a, an accompanist for dance classes where I would bring in a whole bunch of hand drums and there'd be a piano and sometimes guitars or whatever and I would just accompany their mm. combinations. So, I, you know, I try to play as many things as I can. Mm. And he introduced me to my wife, too. That's true. I did introduce him to his wife. Oh, that's nice. She's also a dancer. Have you ever met my yes, wife? Sir. I don't think so. Good. I don't think you have, and I prefer <laughs> that you not, because you'll probably just introduce her to Henry, and that's that. That's true. <laughs> that's kind of what I do. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the, the next thing I want to get into, but so so you're in Head Cheerleader now, and it, yep. you two guys are the business end of Head Cheerleader. So you're, you're an unsigned band at this point. Yes. Um, how are you getting distribution? Are you through an aggregator? Are you through like Sony Red or uh, in, you know Caroline or something like that? Do you have an agent? Talk about everything that you guys are doing business wise. Yeah, sure. So um, our our distribution is actually um, we don't have any physical distribution. It's mm -hmm. only Physical distribution is if you run into me and I have some CDs on me, you can mm -hmm. have one. Um, but uh, the uh, the rest of it is all through actually just CD Baby's mm -hmm. um, right. online distribution, which is a really great way to get to get it out there. So it gets it on iTunes and Amazon and Spotify. It gets on everything yeah. and worldwide. Mm -hmm. So it's it's really you know easy. And once you once you've uh, we we used um, a company called Oasis to press our CDs and doing the CD baby thing is actually part of the whole package so um, it was kind of it was nice that I didn't really have to think about that piece of it mm -hmm. um, we don't have an agent at the moment um, any booking actually Henry takes care of a lot of the show booking at the moment um, and Carl is sort of he's at the moment he's our our representation um, and a lot of times in the beginning when you don't have management or any other thing like that your lawyer will kind of act as that person too they, mm -hmm. they will pitch to publishers labels and and things like that um yeah i, I think the uh the the booking thing is is interesting because you know we we are all older a lot of us have you know other jobs we have kids so we don't actually play live a lot um and we we try to really pick and choose what we're going to do um, just because, you know, we played we played in bands for years and played so many terrible, terrible shows at, you know, random New York terrible. City bar at one o'clock mm -hmm. in the morning that mm -hmm. no one would come to. Um, so we we've tried to make all of that stuff manageable for all the people that have been willing to give us their time and and. Uh, and their instruments to come and play with us. We played a gig in Philly one time where oh, yeah. even the sound guy went out for a smoke. <laughs> yeah, and that was, was probably just, that was uh, the lowest point I think ever in. It was literally show. just us. Yeah, <laughs> the two of you. Uh, well, no, we, it no, was no, 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 the, the band. I mean, okay. yeah, the guy who set up the show forgot that he set up the show and didn't promote it, and we were an out-of-town band, mm -hmm. so we have no clue we're not you know we don't know what's going on and we show up and they were like oh you're playing tonight and the sound guy was just there at the bar yeah. so he decided to that's and when you do the thing the grateful dead thing where you jam on one all right that's kind of what we did try to make it that's a rehearsal kind of what we did yeah there was i mean there was literally nobody in the room it was probably the worst one so i have done. a question why are you still pressing cds uh that's a good question i mean at um i think at live shows people want 
to walk away with something. Mm-hmm. Um, we, when, so we did our, our release party um, at this place in Jersey City called Porto, and we did a big fundraiser for Planned Parenthood. And what we did was when you got a CD, um, you got like a download code. So mm-hmm. like the CD sort of acted as the download card. Right. Because, uh, you know, while I don't think any, I mean, me included, I have, I don't have a single CD player in my house. Right. I have one in my car. In and car. actually, I don't even know that all of the slots in it work. <laughs> right. Um, so, but, but I don't think people really do anything with those download cards. Like I, I've gotten them before and I put, stick them in my back pocket and then I find them after I put yeah. my pants through the laundry, <laughs> right? And I never even did anything with it. Yeah, it's, it's very hard. We uh, we preach here to uh, use music as as one of your merch items right. now because it's just become that way. It's so difficult to make any money from recorded music, right? Uh, but yeah. you're right. It's, there is, you know, what's the value added? Where what are you doing to get people to listen to that? to listen to that right. and I'm just like you people give me CDs you know even colleagues give me CDs it's still on my desk right because I don't know what to do with it if I, I don't know. I mean I have a couple that I brought with me I was yeah. gonna give to you but I didn't expect anyone to even open them if I if <laughs> yeah. I you know if I don't listen in the car I'm I'm done right you know and there's certainly nobody goes I used to make this statement nobody goes to a gym anymore and they have their, uh, you know, Walkman CD player right. there. I mean, everybody just uses your phone, period. Yeah. So we try to convince almost every student that we talk to, we ask that same question. Right. You know, we yeah. realize there is side of the stage. Right. And if you treat it as merch, like you get the CD and a T-shirt and, and blah, blah for seven ninety two or whatever, right. then we can see some value to it. But to push it as, hey, our CDs are here and they're twenty dollars. Nobody's gonna buy it. You know, it's it's a, uh, mm-hmm. it's done. You know, so yeah, I was just curious. But you, it's like you almost know. a giveaway for us. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's not really something that we're trying to sell. Like we have sold copies of our of our EP online, mm-hmm. but um, we ha- we don't actually. I mean. We don't, we don't sell them at shows. We yeah. So far, we've given them away. At that show in particular, we gave them away as long as you donated as part of the... And that's idea. very difficult for a musician to do, is to give away the, the music. You know, give, right. give away your music. And you've got to get into that head to do that, or you, you'll you never do it. You're going to know the value. I'm sorry, you know, you're not, we're not all Taylor Swift, and we can say there's a value <laughs> when, when that iTunes thing right. that came up, you know, years ago. But... It, I can understand, and I, and I was on Epic Records and so on in the 70s, and I, I can understand, you know, the, no, not the music. I right. mean, sure, the T-shirt, the thing, the blah, 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 but not, not the music. Yeah. But, yeah, you have to treat music today as just part of the cycle of the, of the merch. Well, right. we did have Adam Ritchie on a few weeks ago. He's uh, yeah. uh, an, an artist based up in Boston, and uh, Adam did a, struck a deal with a local beer brewery. And the brewery created a beer built around the name oh, of the album, cool. which right. they put some whole crazy thing together. The The band is called The, and, the Lights Out. And on the can. Yeah, and so, yeah, it was on the oh, can, really? the whole promotion. So unlike the, the this separate the, card, right. the actual yeah. download code was printed on the can. And huh. there were limited edition, limited edition number of these cans that were yeah, made. They, and they sold, yeah. and they liked it, the brewery liked it so much. 
they're asking for more. Really? In other words, more. Let's come up with another idea so we can create another craft beer. Right. And and so on and so forth. So yeah, we talk about that as certainly if you can be creative. Right. You know, but but right. You know, we're doing. We're talking now about what I would consider one of the saddest parts of the of the industry mm-hmm. is because uh, you want to get the music out there and um, you know you've done everything right but yet people everybody's fighting for everybody's leisure time because yeah. this is a leisure time activity right. so consequently um, you, you just there's just too many things going on right and if it costs yeah. you too much money Forget People it. People don't want to do it. Yeah. All right, we have three minutes. Yeah, I think oh. that's a, I think that's a, uh, an important idea, though. What you just said, uh, you know, uh, I mean, the whole download code on the beer can thing is uh, is is brilliant. But uh, you know, it, it's like you have to sort of be creative, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you gotta find something interesting age, to do. And that's that's partly why we did this. Um, you know. Uh, this show, this release show as a Planned Parenthood. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Um, you know, because I, not only is is the cause just important to me, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. um, uh, social justice issues are important to me, so I was sort of looking for a way to kind of combine those things and make it so that people who are coming to the show hey, if you donate to Planned Parenthood, you just get our CD, right? So then you don't have to think about, like, oh, should I buy the CD or not, mm-hmm. right? And and sort of, like, in the wake of uh, Trump being elected, it was kind of like, oh, well, what can we do? What can we use our music for that that might be able to mm-hmm. uh, do something? And, and it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, what you're saying, you know, so otherwise, what do you do with the CD? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you, uh, I mean, literally, what do you do with it? <laughs> it's like, true. Where do you put it? It's true. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so, like, sometimes you can, uh, okay, you can listen to it in your car, maybe, if you still have a CD player. Um, mm. But outside of that, you know, can you really be, uh, this whole idea of, like, going kind of town to town as an unsigned band, and selling a few CDs and hopefully making enough gas money to make it to your next gig, like, that's just not right. how it works anymore. Yeah. Like, you're not going to do that. You yeah. know, like, you can maybe you can sell some t- T-shirts and things like that, but it's yeah. not going to work like that anymore. You have to bundle Although it. Although I will <laughs> say, I, I had a friend, uh, my friend Jeff Marino, who runs uh, the One and Nine that Jay and I play in, who we mentioned before, um, he is like a total like audiophile, mm-hmm. and he he a few months back made me a kind of mixtape on mm-hmm. a CD that I just like bounces around in my car that I still play, and mm-hmm. I think there is a little bit of a lost art of the of the mixtape mix that you yeah. sort, of, sort of like pop yeah. into your car <clears throat> sometimes, and yeah. like it is just the most awesome like mix of music yeah. that you would never otherwise hear. Yeah. And, you know, he put like 20 tracks on a CD that I like pop into my CD player and it's just like the most awesome rock and roll music you've ever heard. Well, this has been the most awesome interview that I've ever heard. And <laughs> we need to thank both Henry Prohl and Jay, Jason, son of Dick Van Dyke, for being here on the show. Thank you guys very much. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Henry, for calling great. in. And, um, oh, thanks for having us. Thank you for the, uh, you know, putting the quarter in every 
68 yeah. seconds. Yes. So you could afford that. So thank you, Henry. Jay, thank you very much for being sure. here. And yes. uh, you and you went here to William Patterson, which um, most of your bios cut that part out about mm-hmm. my time at William Patterson <laughs> University words. and the MBA program and who your professor was. We'll just leave that part out, too, apparently. I'll make sure that gets added. Yeah, you will. We actually, yeah, you we actually will. recorded our first we actually recorded our first little demo at there. That's true. Yeah. Really? That's true. In the music department? Yeah, one of our friends was uh, was an engineering major. Right. Here we go. See, you owe it right. all to us, but no, don't, <laughs> yeah. don't give it. We don't want the credit. We just want the credit. <laughs> so uh, this has been Music Biz 101 More. We want to thank Ashley Weltner for being the, the esteemed and amazing engineer behind the... the, the <laughs> And uh, what's happening next week? Next week is the day before Thanksgiving, <gasps> so there is no show. Well, there will be a show. It will be a repeat of our interview with Ryan Starr from Station Head. Oh, you and, like that. Um, yes, it was a very good one. And we should thank Jade Brunton for reading the tweet so well tonight. Thank yes. you, Jade Brunton. Thank you. And we should thank Dr. Stabon Marconi for doing what he does so well, because well, he does so well. Thank you does. very much. What are you doing Thanksgiving? I'm going to eat uh, f- my futon. <sighs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's different from tofurkey. It's tofutan. Yes. I just came up with that. I don't like it, but I said sure. it. It's done. <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> it's too late. It's out there. We can't take it away. And you've be... been listening mostly tonight to, music to my co-host, <laughs> Professor David Phil. <laughs> that, that, that but is... again, actually, you, you had nothing quite a bit happened of the on this show first, that was uh, anything new. Okay, taking over now. Okay, so we want to thank you very much for listening. And uh, have a great day. Thank you. We're going to go out with Rob Sorry, We want to thank you for listening to Music Biz 101 more at the end of the show. We don't say hello. That'd be silly at the end of the show. You know what we say? You know what we say? You're going to say it with me. And you're going to hold the S. We're going to say instead of the end of the show, we say, not hello, we say, adios! I can't remember when you looked at me Something broke inside of you My best friend Whatever come my way You know I'm yours until the end When I finally go away Put your hand in mine